0: Hey, everybody. Hi, welcome. It's time for episode 207 of Atomic Radio Hour. I hope you're well. hope you're good. We have some things to talk about, a piece of lore that um, I wanted to talk about for a while. I don't know about you guys, but for some reason, I really want to play Fallout 4. Like, I really, really want to play it. I feel like enough time has gone by since I played it last, and we got a little Fallout 4 lore we got some fun stuff to talk about. I want to talk about 76. There was a Kotaku article published a few weeks ago, and I wanted to talk about it earlier, but with me traveling and Kyle and the box and the E3 and all this other shenanigans, I didn't really have a chance to get to it. So we could talk about it today. But how are you? You're well. You look well. You look look fine. You look nice. I'm tired today, guys. Welcome to episode 207, if I didn't already say that. I was thinking about something i uh i'm trying to clean up the way i eat because i i I don't like i'm a big fella but i never i'm not a sweets guy you know what i mean like i don't like cook i like cookies cookies are my that's my thing but i every now and again i need to have like a cake maybe every six months i'm like damn i can go for some cake like every like i'm not a candy guy i'm not really a chocolate guy i like lemons and strawberries like pastry stuff but like I'm not, and, like, I've been trying to clean up the way I eat a little bit, and, you know, just, it feels better, your body feels better, like, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, yeah, bro, you just gotta make sure you're hitting your macros and getting all this protein, only chicken and Greek yogurt. Not. Nah, I'll never do that to you, but, like, you know, it. I feel better, I'm sleeping better, I've been taking walks, like, I'm just, I, I've been sleeping better, and... I was thinking about this while I was doing that. And I was thinking about like how life moves and life changes and life goes from one point to another. And I was kind of reflecting on my, the past month, really, like I, I got out, I got up, got out and got something in the form of, I went to Paris. Like I did something I've always wanted to do and I left the country. And then I go home, not even a month later, three weeks later to visit family and see all my friends and everything and i kind of was thinking about like hey this is where i was this is where i am this is where i'm going and like that whole thing and like i know it's kind of a cliche to talk about how it's so hard as an adult to make friends but do do you at like do you have are you friends with the people you work with Cause I was I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, I don't have any friends at work. I've been I'm working at a better place than I was a year ago. Yes, and it's a lot more chill. It's a lot more relaxed. It's, you know, we have a new her is a little, a little hey, a little like she takes her job a little too seriously. Like she she genuinely believes that if you work hard for a company, you can like prosper in life and not just hey let me make my own cut. Like she's very. But I, I mean, I can't blame her. her husband's or maybe she was. I don't know. Somebody's military in the family. And like I heard a really disgusting conversation today about like how it's OK to hit your kids. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you as like a 30, a 20 something, 30 something year old adult and you're taking your anger out. I understand that the kid messed up and you're angry at him, but you really shouldn't hit a child. You're Four times, maybe even more. The size, the weight. You have way more power. You have a better understanding of the world. How about you sit them down and you talk to them? How about you discipline them? You say, "Hey, you know, we're gonna. You know what? You messed up, and I need you to understand that you messed up. So you can't, you can't watch TV for the next three days. It's gonna suck. I know, and I'm sorry to do it to you, but." You'll never mess up again. Like, if you explain this is the consequence, then, like, I mean, that's just me. I don't have a kid, but that's just how I feel. Like, you know, that's what you should do. Anyway, like, I don't know. I don't have, like, there's a couple people at work that I'm cool with that I talk to. But, like, nobody I'd want to play bocce ball with. Nobody I'd want to go to the movies with. And it's kind of sad because, like, I've been there for six months, if that. And, like, you know, you don't really... But that's the thing is like, for me, it was always weird. Like, do you become friends with the people you work with? It's a very like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you definitely shouldn't date the people you work with. Do not date the people you work with. Don't do it. It seems like a good idea. I know they make you smile, but don't do it because you have to work with them. Hmm. And very rarely are people adults. Like that's, hold on, going back to that whole child thing, like, there's an old saying of like, you you are the age you are for the rest of your life when you become famous. And that's why they say all these child stars are having like, like, like Macaulay, Macaulay Call Cal can turn it around, but someone like um, Amanda Bynes or Raven Simone or Eddie, that I can't think of his real name from That's So Raven. Like, these people that like are just in a shitty place now. Like, Maybe that's the trauma you go through as a kid, too. And don't get me wrong. I bet child stars are molested and beaten and given drugs at like 13. No doubt about it. But like, maybe that's why people are the way they are. Like the amount of people that I work with that are over the age of 40 and still treat work as if it's high school is wild to me. So maybe, I don't know. I don't even really know what I'm getting at here. I think I'm just kind of like, you know, you hit a point. I'm, I'm 25, I've lived probably half my life at this point, and like, you know, I, I don't get me wrong, I have friends back home that I love with my entire heart, and I saw them, and like, but I'm here now, and I'm totally in a new place, I'm doing new stuff, so it's kind of like, what's the deal, like, what's going on, like, I like a problem, like, I liked figuring out what a problem is, and I feel like this is a problem that I just can't figure out. I don't know. Maybe it's a me thing. Maybe it's a, they're very passive aggressive out here. Like if I don't like somebody that I work with, I don't talk to them. Like, I just won't speak to you. I won't like, you know, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you know, I just got back. Like, that's another thing though. I don't care. Like someone's like, Hey, how you been? Good. And that's it. Like, I'm all right. How about yourself? Oh, great. I just got back from my mother's house. Oh, and isn't she a peach? She makes the best coleslaw and fucking potato sap. I don't, like, I don't care, bro. Like, just, son, leave it alone. Like, it's not for me. Like, I get it. I'm, But I'm at work. Like, that's the thing is, like, when I go to work, I'm very much like, there is a task to do. I would like to do the task, get paid for the task, and then go home. I don't like I'm not there like hey there how's your uh how's your how's your husband doing? I know he's going through a bit of a thing right now. Like there's a there's a nicety of like, hey, how's your husband? I heard he's going through some shit. Yeah? All right, well, you know, if you need something, I know everybody says it, but if you need like help driving somewhere, let me know. Cool. And then you go and, you and do your job. But like we were like, Oh, how ya been? I know it must be rough with your, your husband there on death's door. One foot in the grave and one foot on the banana peel. Like you're, and you're doing it loud. Like you're just being kind of, uh, see you next Tuesday. If you know what I'm saying? Like you're just kind of, you can't say that on YouTube. Ba-bow. That's why, I, that's why I made it into an acro-nam. Just, you know, like that's a thing that I struggle with a lot. Is just people who are doing like, I don't feel like anybody does anything for the betterment of others. They do it for the betterment of themselves. It's so hard for me. This is for me to see people do good for the sake of doing good. And there's so much of just, like, you see that? I did that. I'm such a good person. Oh, my God. My cr- cr- chromatic? Cr- karma? My chromatic score is through the roof. Believe you me. I am just a good... I'm j- I'm just Jesus. I am Christ incarnate. It's like, dog, you held the door open. That's that's just common courtesy. That's some Skeletor-level shit. Like, that's not anything impressive. That's just, you know, hold the door open. Homie's coming. Like, what do you do? Like, you know, you know, and like compliments aren't being polite. Like, I don't consider compliments being polite. I, I consider compliments being a little creepy, to be completely honest. I don't do well with compliments. It's not my love language. But anyway, what I'm getting at is just like, you know, you hit a point, And I, that's most of life. Most of life is just lonely meandering through the dark by yourself wandering, wondering, waiting. Why? Just a lot of that. And I'm okay with that. I've been okay with that for a very long time. People leave. People leave. So what are you going to do? It just, it is what it is. And it ain't what it used to be in the words of MF doom. But like, you know, that's why, that's why I'm such an advocate for not even just our discord, but discords in general and like therapy and like, I don't know. I don't know if you go to therapy. Hello, listener. I don't know if you go to therapy, but you should. You absolutely 200% should. Even if you're cool. Even if you you don't have any qualms or queries. Even if you don't have any hangups, If you're not, if you don't have any shake-ups, you should go. Even if it's for six weeks, every other six weeks. Just so it's someone to talk to. Someone unbiased. Like, I had a switch therapist recently. And I'm like talking to her. And she's like, so what's the deal? Like, what are you up to? Like, what are you about? Like, why do you, and she's like, I have your notes from your previous therapist and this and that, and what have you. And like for 55 minutes on the phone, I am trying to condense my entire life into 55 minutes. It's 25 and a half years into 55 minutes. That's a, that's, that's a very, it's a, um, What's it called? Not a Malfuzian task. Is it Malfuzian task? It's like like a Kobayashi Maru. Like you're never, you can't complete it. Like you can't do it. It's it's an impossible task. It's a thousand year puzzle to go. This is who I am. In it's impossible to say who you are in six sentences. It's impossible to say who you are in fifty five minutes worth of sentences. It's impossible for you to say who you are your entire lifetime. To be completely honest, and that's like you know you, you. I had to switch therapist, not because my old therapist was bad or anything, but I had to switch because uh, she left. She left the company. She went to another one. I get this new therapist. And you know, like you build up a rapport with a person, you have an understanding, you you get it. And I'm like sitting there cracking jokes and like talking like an old rabbi. And she's just like, okay. And I'm like, sorry, I just talk in metaphor a lot. Like I said something about like, I equated myself to like an old dog. And like, you know, I was like, you know, even an old dog wants to get pat on the head and be told he's a good boy and she kind of like looked at me and i'm like sorry i just you know hey uh, uh, like i talk like this i'm like an another rabbi like i don't know why it just is what it is and this is just something that's been on my mind it's just i think i think being alone is a very important thing that everybody should do but there is a line where being alone no longer works <laughs> And it's bad for you. Humans are social people. When I go to work, the few people that I am cool with, that I talk to, I have a great time. And it feeds my soul. I I don't consider myself an extrovert, but I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not an introvert. But I'm somewhere in the middle that benefits highly from both. If that makes any sense to anybody anywhere, I hope it does. And like... You know, I'm in a city. I could go out and do things, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't like hiking. And everything that I see is like, oh, come hiking. I'm like, why, why, why? Can we not like play trivia? Is there not like a trivia brigade that I just can't find? I don't know. I don't know. I really, 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 honestly don't. But I hope you're well. I hope you're fine. Uh, I would just like to honestly get into today's lore. But before we get into the lore, we have to thank the Patreon. Starting from the tippity-tippity-top, we have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, we have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, we have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last, but certainly not least, we have to thank TP. Thank you, TP. Thank you for your love and your kindness and your support. I appreciate it so, so much. I love knowing that there's people that support and care about what I'm doing and want to see it grow and get bigger and better. But now that we have that out of the way... We have to get into lore. Now, I usually ask a question, like I said, but I asked it late, and I asked a dumb one. It wasn't creative. Let's pick a number. Nobody got the number. So I messaged a friend that I know is into Fallout, and I was like, yo, what do you want to hear about? Like, like, it, like I don't I don't know if they listen to the show or not, but I was like, I know you like Fallout, homeboy. What do you like? And they're like, you know, I want to hear about that super Mute man from Fallout 4, and I'm like, well, which one? And they're like, the guy in the cave, the caveman not the caveman, but the cavemen. And I was like, "Are you talking about Virgil?" And they're like, "Yeah, I think that's the guy." Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, "All right, I want to play Fallout 4 again. I want to uh talk about New Vegas a little more. I kind of want to talk about the older stuff. I'm getting that itch to beat Fallout 1 again, I'm getting that itch to play the classic stuff. I'm getting excited to do fun things and whatnot again. Uh I'll be honest with you guys. I really want to stream. I just do not have the time. I do not have the time. And then every time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do all these things. And then once I'm done all these things, I'm going to stream. It's like six o'clock and I'm beat and I get up early. It's just, I know, I know. I really want to stream. I know I'm always promising streaming, but like, eh, don't yell. So this week's lore, if you want to hear any lore whatsoever, make sure you are in the discord. Once a week, I ask a question. First person to get the question right in the lore question tab gets to pick lore for the week. This week, nobody picked. I had a homeboy from back home pick, and he picked Brian Virgil from Fallout 4. Now, Dr. Brian Virgil is a now-super-mutant living in the Commonwealth in the Rocky Cave in the Glowing Sea. Sometime before 2287, the year the game takes place, he was in charge of a project involving FEV and super mutant creation in the institute's bioscience department. He was the head of it after a Dr. Cyverson had passed away. He was conflicted with all the damage that he had done. This is literally everything that's on the wiki except for what I'm about to read. His background is very short. And it's kind of upsetting uh, just because, you know... He's a neat character. He's someone in the Institute who was like, yeah, this is some this – is, this is messed up. We can't be doing this. Uh, he, when he leaves after he sees all the destruction and death and hurt that he has caused to people uh, in the Institute saying like, hey, uh, we, we, we've killed these people. We've, we've mutated them. We've turned them into what they are. The super mutants that are in the Commonwealth are a direct, direct cause of whatever the Institute just kind of like let out. Uh, distraught with all of this, Brian Virgil decides he's going to destroy everything. He's going to destroy all the computers, all of the research, everything he can to make sure that uh, all of his progress is kind of gone so it doesn't happen again. Inside of the Institute, this is referred to as incident he then would inject himself with a strain of fev that would allow him to live in the glowing sea knowing that the institute wouldn't be able to get to him as easy all of that happens and the institute knows where he is they have an idea that all right he's in the glowing sea i don't think they know exactly where he is but they have an idea and they have a plan to send kellogg after him which i assume was going to be i didn't actually look into this because i didn't really think it was that important i would assume it was going to be after the events that start fallout 4 with kellogg they were going to be the like, guy right, now send send kellogg to go get virgil uh but it doesn't happen because he's dead he's a dead man now virgil's also working on a fev serum which you can give him and uh it will help in, in the reverse the reversing of, of the FeV virus, he's in two quests, one called the glowing sea and one called The loose end. I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. If you get him the serum, uh, there's two options. You can give you can simply give Virgil the serum and certain companions will react differently to to each choice. Pretty much everybody but Dance likes it. You can also lie to Virgil saying that the serum wasn't there. And uh, the check's difficulty increases with each one. After the first two checks, the player character still has the option to give it to him. After the third speech check, Virgil will request that the player character kill him and Virgil's cure will fail. If the player has visited Swan's Pond and reads the notes there, they can ask ask Virgil if he remembers anything. Edgar, Swan, after the first first speech check, this will lead to a medium speech check and to convince him to end his life. If you give him the serum after three days, you can go back to Virgil and he'll be human. You can fail the quest if you enter the cave-in power armor with a targeting HUD on your helmet. If you just reload and take off the helmet, it won't fail. If you destroy the Institute, Virgil will... Confront you about it and be like, why did you have to let innocent people die? That's not part of the plan. That's the opposite of the plan. And he just doesn't want to talk to you, but he doesn't become hostile. Even though X-688 gave the order to Kellogg to kill Virgil, if you go to the cave with X-6, he doesn't do anything about it. He doesn't even bring it up. The Bioscience Division wears green lab coats, Robotics Division wears orange, and Advanced Systems wear blue, and Virgil doesn't wear, in any mutant or people, doesn't wear any of the colors of the department he was from. The third entry on Virgil's terminal suggests that he's actually losing his memory and heading into madness, which is just kind of a side effect of being a mutant the nightkin with i mean the nightkin were stronger mutants but you know their dependency on stealth boys triggers the schizophrenia earlier but in fallout 3 the the super mutants aren't of the smart variety and they're slowly going more and more insane just looking for food and other people to clone other people to dip into vats of goo and what have you. Even if you become director of the Institute and give Virgil the serum, he can't come back to the Institute. Virgil was previously bald, but if you give him the serum, it brings his hair back, which is super tight from one bald homie to another. That's really about everything that I have to say on Virgil. On screen, most likely will be his card from Fallout Shelter Online. I'm so upset we don't have that in the States or anywhere outside of China. But that's all I really have to say. He's a cool character. I wish there was more written about him. There's like small stuff. Like if you go there before you have to in the game, he's just not there. So to not break sequence and what have you. It's cool. I wish there was a little more. I wish there was a little more in the Institute. You could talk to people, whatever. That's the problem with a voice protagonist there. I said it. got to say it once an episode. I love you. That's lore. So I brought it up earlier in the program. I wanted to talk about this article I want to talk about this article that came out a little while ago uh, published by Kotaku so I you know it's not good um, but you know not that it's not good that was that was rude it's just this article I'm gonna read a couple excerpts from it uh, it's called The human toll of Fallout 76 disastrous launch now. I'm going to try to find the tweet, but Mantis tweeted about this and said pretty much like, oh, this is here. And a developer got back and said, hey, I'm in the credits. Some of this is true. Some of this is false. Take everything with a grain of salt. You and I both know that the game industry right now uh, between Blizzard, (laughs) you have Blizzard on one end that is sexually assaulting people and pretty much pushing someone to the point of suicide. And on the other end, you have Raven. I believe it's Raven, who just unionized. So we're in a weird spot. Unionization in games is good. I'm very pro-union. If you work, you should be represented, supported. You should have a strong background. You should be respected. If you're not going to pay somebody the appropriate amount of money to work, you should at least respect them. That's a big thing with me. Don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. And unionization and gaming is coming it'll happen within the next 15 years all the big studios will have it your naughty dogs your blizzard your rockstar games uh any any what well no that is blizzard i was gonna say whatever's making cow of duty epic everybody will ha- there will be unions all over the place everyone that microsoft has just bought out unions it's coming but mind you that means we're not getting big games which is kind of like the byproduct. And I'm not super happy about that. You'll get your triple A, but like we don't have double A games. We don't have single A games. It's either triple A Red Dead Redemption 2. Here's too much detail. Red Dead Dead Redemption 2 has horse nut sack that reacts to weather. I don't need that. I don't like, I don't need that in the game. It's really funny. The horse just shits like randomly four times a day on a schedule. Like, every character, every NPC you could run into, like, has a name and, like, a little bit of a story and a routine. Really cool. Don't need that. Focus on making the story good, which it wasn't, but focus on that. Sorry. But, like, you know, we're hitting these points. I'm going to bring it back somehow. Uh, But I want to talk about this because I think I was reading a little bit of this before. And I think... These people are fucking babies a lot of the time. I get it. No one should be treated like shit at work. But like, I'm going to try to find this tweet. If I can't, I'm sorry. It was like Wanda Sykes saying that she can't, still can't get over the Will Smith slapping Chris Rock fiasco. And like the tweet was, these people would not last, like celebrities would not last one midday shift at a Denny's. You make video games. I get it. It's strenuous. It's hard. It's a team project. You're waiting on gears to move. But like some of the parts of this, I'm just kind of like, you sound like a huge baby. You get paid a lot of money to do what you do. There's people that are working strenuous jobs on their bodies. I know a guy who was like 40 something and worked in the sun his entire life moving like Concrete? That dude was dying. He looked like he was in his 60s and had a pill addiction because he hurt his back so many times. You sit at a desk and make fantasy become a reality. You don't, like, I'm not saying it's not hard work, but you work in air conditioning. (laughs) I... No one wanted to be on that project. This is from Kotaku. Like I said, the human toll of Fallout 76 disastrous launch. Former ZeniMax developers claim that Fallout 76 was a severe was severely mismanaged. This is written by C.C. Zhang. S I S I. J-I-A-N-G. No one wanted to be on the project because it ate people, destroyed people. One former developer of 76 told Kotaku, the amount of people who would go on that project and then would quit Bethesda was quite high. Kotaku then talked to 10 former employees of Bethesda and its parent company, ZeniMax Media. Testers who were worked during these months, led up the original launch, said that they they crunched 10 hours a day, 6 days a week. That's wrong. I'll be the first person to say that's wrong. As the game trudged forward towards the beta and its optimistic launch date of November 14th of the year 2018 in the year of our Lord, some testers would only find reprieve when they finally left the 76 team two former testers recounted that one of their colleagues said in a QA group after leaving the project i didn't cry last night in the shower or i'm sorry i didn't cry last night when i was taking a shower another said in the same chat i pulled into work today and sat in my car for a second and my chest didn't feel heavy like it normally does i know it's not fair to compare i know it's not fair to compare problems I get that your job's stressful, but like I said, like within the games industry, QA is seen by many consumers as, and even some non-tester developers as an easy job that involves playing a game for a living. Now, I didn't say that, but they are often treated poorly by their managers, work long hours, and are underpaid. So is most people, to the point that QA testers at Raven Software recently formed the first AAA studio game union. I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit, But if I remember correctly, those who didn't join the union got a pay raise, so they're getting paid just as much as the union, meaning you could have paid them that much to begin with. Accounts of game productions at major studios over the last seven years have painted a picture of an industry where testers are granted lower professional status compared to colleagues with skill that are perceived as more technical or creative. As a result of this dynamic, testers told Kotaku Kotaku that they felt more valuable to production issues on 76 project, resulting in more brutal crunch. These testers shared stories with Kotaku about ZeniMax management and how it would habitually require overtime from QA, even when that overtime wouldn't be contributed to fixing a bug. A former tester who had worked on the game's DLC recalled being coerced into coming into crunch on the weekend because the latest version of the game needed a fix the individual tester would later discover that the development team had not implemented the fix and that any work they did on the unfixed build would be for nothing according to the former tester a quote from a former tester, I remember seeing one of my coworkers stand up, look at the person who was in charge that day, and scream across the room, Why are we here? We gave up our day for this. This build isn't the build we need. This is useless. This is a waste of our time. Like, why are we here? QA contractors were rewarded with low hourly pay while... Permanent employees would work for slightly above that. But no matter how desperate their circumstances, two sources believed that their colleagues felt financially compelled to stay at ZeniMax, the largest game employer in Rockville, in the Rockville, Maryland area. Now, I want to talk about something. I'm going to kind of detour off of this real quick. Here in the U.S., I keep seeing these memes all over the place that it's like, on average, the average American, use the word in the definition, needs anywhere from like 4 to 6 grand a year more to to live the way they did last year. Again, I'm not saying these people do not have hard jobs. I think any job is hard because you're leaving your house to go do something. Most people don't work jobs they want to they want to work. I don't want to work the job I'm working. I'm doing cuz I need to pay rent. You know what I mean? These people maybe justify their job, their existence. In, in a way, I try to similarly, where I say the reason we should be alive is to help people. We should be helping people, be it helping them physically, helping them emotionally, just helping people, making people smile. That's a big thing for me. That's kind of the philosophy I've adopted. That's why I'm alive. That's why we should be alive. To help. To make smile. To amuse and be amused. I heard on Mike Birbiglia's podcast today. Maybe that's how they see it. These people make a ton of money and they're probably still being underpaid. You obviously have the money to pay these people. You had a massive buyout from Microsoft. Another person says, I mean, we got overtime, but like all the money in the world didn't matter at that point. Valid when we did weekend work, they would get us pizza. It takes time to, you know, come out of the mindset and realize, yeah, they're giving us something for free, but it's not worth it. And it's kind of the same with overtime money. It's like, yeah, it's more money, but at what cost? That's a very valid point. I work, I work four tens and I go, and I'm trying to not relate this completely. I'm not trying to make this the narcissism hour or make it about me, but you know, I work and live at a very average pace. So I'm trying to relate it to all of us, if that makes any sense. Like, if my job says, hey, we got everybody pizza today, it's like, so you could spend all that, but you can't give us a 50 cent raise. You can do all this, but you can't do. Like, my job's doing fucking Spirit Week like I'm in high school. I'm like, you could put all this money, all this money, time, and effort into Spirit Week, but you can't give us a fucking quarter raise. In fact, a couple former Zenimax employees tell Kotaku that no amount of financial incentive could erase the physical and mental exhaustion they experienced from the continual onslaught of nonstop obligatory overtime. Two sources claim that they even tried to flag the issue to Rob Gray, the director of QA at Zenimax. However, they say he continually deflected or denied that crunch was happening in the department. That sucks. And I don't want to be like, well, that's hearsay. But if uh, this is the thing that sucks about journalism, that sucks about when you, you, you I want to believe these people. I want to believe that everything they went through was true. But there's nothing to corroborate, co- corroborate it. But at the same time, you know, like, why would you lie about this? When QA staff got called in for the weekend crunch, the companies, I don't like that. They keep calling it weekend crunch. I feel like that's a little deceptive. Like that's like crunch, 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 crunch. Uh, we also don't know their, their contracts. Like if you signed a contract that says like you might be called in and you can't say no, like you signed up for that. Like, Sorry, I, I like that's why I don't get why people complain about being in college. You signed up for it. Yeah, you knew it was going to be 80 grand a year. You signed up for it. You're not allowed to complain about it. It's fucked. I'm with you. It's fucked that you got to pay that much money. And we're the only country that does it. But you signed up for it knowing what you were getting into. That was me more mad about colleges than it was about this. Sorry. One QA, one QA source recounted how badly they wanted to stop working despite their financial need. When they almost broke a bone on the stairs, they fantasized about the prospect of being too injured to go to work the next day. They said it was the most comforting feeling they felt in a while. While crushing hours on seventy six, I can I can I can sympathize with that. I worked a job that was so bad that I went. I I just thought, how do I how do I get out of this? A couple of sources told. Kotaku that QA workers would have their breaks timed or sometimes even be followed into the restroom by non-management employees described by one of the sources as chronic snitches you know what happens to snitches according to them these otherwise normal testers designated as coordinators did not have a, a real title or pay bump rather than bring an end to the hardship Fallout 76 only brought the launch of 76 only brought new problems there's a really good video I don't remember who it's by it's like a thousand and one glitches of 76 this is a quote i don't know how bethesda made skyrim and it doesn't make sense to me a former employee told kotaku like it had to be It had to have been like monkeys with a typewriter creating Shakespeare. I don't know how things can be so chaotic and people are still able to do their jobs. Even if developers outside of QA didn't want to work on the dreaded project that was 76, its management team was not shy about borrowing. They drafted developers from all over the ZeniMax umbrella to the point that other projects were negatively affected. Arcane Studios Redfall and Starfield both both lost team members to the black hole of 76. Howard had told IGN, I'm assuming this is Todd Howard, had told IGN, we've been through a very, we've been through every type of crunch you could imagine. And long ago, and long ago, some ones that were very, very difficult for a lot of us personally, with your time and with your health and things like that, we've gotten much, much better at it now. Now we're at the point where we can really manage it. I think it's why people stay here. He had framed the personal shifting as a positive truth and the post launch content of 76 took six took a demoralizing toll on the employees across the Zenimax network. People don't need to suffer for that patch for for that patch 42 can come out on time. It's a deliberate decision to foster a workplace and work cycle where that can happen. One source says it's pro prioritizing the work over the people. When you think about games, another, this is, uh, when you think about games, we think about worlds and choices that can make stories that you create and tell yourself. Howard says, we have a game more, we have a game more than any game that we've ever done where the choices are yours. Which game is this? And you'll decide what happens. You'll decide the heroes and you'll decide the villains. If he's talking about 76, he is wrong. Unfortunately, when 76 actually came out in November of 2018, players discovered that the grand vision of Howard pre- presented at E3 made for an empty, boring game. The player versus player system was ripe. It was a ripe opportunity for grievers who could kill pacifist players who weren't even in combat mode. Bugs abound. Items in every... Items and even entire camps would occasionally disappear. 76 was not the game Bethesda fans expected. It was not. From a studio with a prolific history of creating fascinating, world, fascinating albeit buggy, worlds. Sources say there had been writing on the wall well before the bug-laden launch or player critiques. It didn't seem wise to launch the game without non-player characters in a franchise that had, up until that point... Garnered a claim on the strength of its role playing and narrative merits. Okay, hold on. Let me bitch about Fallout 4, even though I just said I wanted to play it again. This is what happens when you mess with the formula. This is what happens, because they got, because Fallout 4 sold a ton, and people went buck wild for it, and what did Fallout 4 have that no other Fallout canon mainline Fallout game have? You ready? Say it with me, kids. A. A voice protagonist. Why? I, I can't prove it, but the voice protagonist is the exact reason why 76 didn't have, I mean, other than the fact that, like, they didn't have enough time to work on it and whatever, whatever, whatever. Senior Bethesda developers basically treated Elder Scrolls Online like it was this complete fluke, a source told Kotaku. There was no respect at all for the hard work and dedication that it took to make an MMO that is still running and is still popular. While we had experienced multiplayer designers in both Rockville and Austin, they were routinely sidelined and ignored, said a source formerly at Bethesda Game Studios rockville during development our design director emil i can never say his last name you know how i feel about emil he's fine just you know you didn't have to finish fallout 3 and fallout 4 the same way emil didn't seem to want to be involved with the project at all he sorry product at all he didn't want to have any contact with it or read anything we put in front of him he did not respond for requests to comment in time for the publication of this article I think that's just about everything I want to say on this. It goes on for a bit more, but read it yourself. There's going to be a link to it in the description below. We need to, if I learned anything during COVID, it's that entertainment is incredibly important. I feel like we really amped up the show in a certain way. And we even had those two episodes where we kind of sat back and it just kind of talked. And that's what a lot of it was during that entertainment became so essential. Everybody had Netflix subscriptions few weeks ago everybody got rid of their netflix subscriptions because we all collectively remember that we still had them i see that this is bad i'm i'm trying to play devil's advocate and be like you work in an office that's air conditioned and like my uncle who's a plumber broke his back every single goddamn day of his life being elbow deep in shit there's two very different like a programmer would never even consider being a plumber. That's beneath them. But those are the people that, you know, like have a direct, but also the entertainment has a direct effect. So like, you know, I'm trying to play both sides. I'm trying to see both sides. But if you got anything out of that, I hope you, you got that one, maybe we should consider unionization or, you know, we don't have to unionize if we're paid better and respected. I used to work at a place where this guy kept stealing. And when he got caught, the thing he said was, I just didn't feel like I was being respected. I was taking stuff from work and selling it to make up for the money that I feel like I was entitled to. He said that flat. I talked to him a couple days after he got fired. People work harder. They're prouder of their work when they're respected. Let's bring it all the way back. Sometimes even an old dog likes to get pat on the head and told he's a good boy. That's everything I have for you this week, friends. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're smiling. I hope you're being physical. I hope you're doing something that makes you smile, makes you laugh. Puts a spring in your step and a glide in your stride. My name has been Vince. If you'd like the intro music it's by shane ivers links to him in the description along with the show's twitter my twitter kyle's twitter you can also find a link to the discord please join the discord the patreon thank you to the patreon once more and if you'd like to support the show in a small but meaningful monetary way you can always go to the red bubble link in the description and purchase a design there i'll see you next week i love you bye atomic radio, radio hour Podcast. A Goolman Entertainment Production